And while I knew how to get in, it's kind of like back to the the DOS comment from a security perspective. I'm in. Great. What do I do? And <laughs> powerful new technology. Cloud migration. Fully integrated system. HCX. And today we're delighted to announce. Welcome to the HCX Majors Podcast, episode 16 for Friday, February 3rd, 2023, our first of the new year. Live from Indiana, I'm Britton Johnson. And from Colorado, I'm Andy Butts. Andy, it's a lonely world today. It's just the two of us hosting the show. This is why I have multiple people invited to this thing to help me host this because it's called a redundancy. <laughs> there you go. Yep, that's uh, something you always want to account for. And 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 the redundant my my double my double redundancy has failed me this episode because both um, Jason and Francis both had to bail at the last minute. So, Jason and Francis, if you're listening, we already miss you. But Here in spirit. Yeah. But this is just the, the life and times we're in right now. It seems like either everybody's sick or something's broken. And so, you know, that's just the world we're all in these days. Even, I was telling Matt even before we recorded, even, I, even I'm at like 75% because I was like massively food poisoned yesterday, yesterday like last two days. So, Uh-oh. we're all just pushing through and trying to get through what we're trying to get through so andy hopefully you're you're doing okay and you're gonna make it doing well doing well i uh i have no reason to believe i won't make it so uh. <laughs> you know you know it's bad like when when your wife looks at you at some point during and she's just like are you gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> yeah well um that would doesn't sound great yeah but um yeah everything's going well i often get accused of like you know kind of faking it when i'm ill so that i make it look worse than i really am feeling i don't know if you guys get that ever but well um i'm usually accused that i um i'm more dramatic probably than i need to be when i'm sick but um i think that could just be uh you know my brother-in-law is the same way so (laughs) we're (laughs) maybe and you know we're, we're married to sisters so um Maybe they've just ganging up on us. I'm not sure. So yeah, that, could, that could be too. Yeah, that could be too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Since we're lonely, let's bring in our guest, um, Matt Webb. Uh, uh, thank you for joining us and, and making life less lonely for Andy and I. This is appreciated for you to be here. Uh, yeah, no problem. I'm happy uh, to you know, be in the mix. And and as as a podcast fellow, having hosted multiple podcasts for multiple years, can I just say thank you very much, Matt, for having an amazing sounding microphone. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I do. Uh, you know, I actually went to school for um, Masscom and did broadcasting for a while, so I appreciate ah, good video quality and yeah. good audio quality. So I'm right. right there with you. There it is. Good. Yeah, I've, I've I've always been a little bit of an audio snob at heart. But, you know, when I started doing this, like I immediately went out and just it was an excuse to go buy a bunch of gear. <laughs> and, and, you know, the funny part of this is this this piece of junk microphone that I have was like thirty dollars on Amazon. And, yeah. But what, for whatever reason, the, the 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 condenser inside of it just matches my vocal range perfectly. And there so I don't go. have to do really anything to it except noise gate it. And, yeah. and it sounds great. So yeah. or, or so I'm told so. 
Yeah, I just wanted to, I mean, I'm not necessarily an audio snob, but I definitely notice when it's a really bad mic. So, Mike, I want, so I want to get away from that. <clears throat> yeah. We won't say anything about your headset, Mike Andy. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> they can't see that. I just, got a, I just got a new uh, uh, mixer. And so I might have to talk to you guys offline about upgrading the, uh, the uh, microphone piece. So, yeah. yeah, it's, it's not, I mean, it, 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 like I, I, it's one of these things like people always having done this for a number of years people are always asking, like what do you do like I want to do this too and I'm like it really isn't that hard like you just have to get something but don't go so crazy that you're spending like three four eight hundred and a thousand dollars I mean unless you're gonna be like you know unless it's your job you know or you're gonna work mm-hmm. you're gonna start doing studio stuff on the weekends you know it's not really something that you need to go out and buy you know a high LPR 30 or something like this, but you know, like I, I know Pete Fletcher, Pete, Pete Fletcher over at the virtually speaking podcast, he, they, all their mics are aisles, you know, that's just, yeah. what they, that's just what they roll with, but they, but yeah, but that's what Pete and John do, you know, they, yeah, they, they, yeah, they, yeah. they've got budget for those things. So, <laughs> you know, it works out, but yeah. All right. Enough, enough inside baseball podcast talk. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, Matt, give us a quick intro to who you are, what you do, and why you're here today. Yeah. So, uh, again, my name is Matthew Webb. I'm a cloud solutions architect at uh, VMware, and I cover our Azure VMware solution, uh, so uh, commonly referred to as AVS. Uh, So, as an AVS CSA, um, one one of the things that's different from AVS from uh, like VMC, for instance, is we don't have the capability of hybrid linked mode where you can put vCenters together. So we uh, heavily rely on HCX. Uh, so like 99.9% of my customers use HCX to migrate. And the other small uh, percentage was didn't know it was there. They tried to do it by themselves using backup tools. <laughs> and it was like, man, this would have been a whole lot easier. Uh, so yeah, HCX is sort of um, where I spend most of my time as in this role. So as a CSA, really your job is sort of the kind of in-house specialist as it were for customers looking to either pre-purchase AVS or move towards that end of things. But it's AVS is a different animal in that it's not a service necessarily owned and delivered by VMware, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So AVS is owned and supported by Microsoft, which is pretty big uh, difference. Um, that's a big benefit for a lot of Microsoft customers. So like if you like have Azure credits um, and you want to use Azure credits towards AVS, you can certainly do that. Um, so that is another big difference between AVS and some of the other uh, you know, VMware cloud services that we offer. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm trying. I've always struggled with the analogy of how that service is delivered compared to, like, you know, I always try to. I'm a gearhead, so I always try to compare and contrast things to buying a car. Yeah, it's. It almost feels like you're talking to an independent car dealership who has the ability to sell you a Ford or a Chevy, and you know they can kind of direct you one way or the other. Is that kind of how it feels? Yeah, kind of. I know it. I struggle for an analogy as well. I mean, at the end of the day, and maybe this is just the technical background I have. I think of things in the in the term of interfaces, like UIs, and you know, you're in the 
the Azure portal more deploying the service. You're still in vCenter for day-to-day operations, but you deploy the service, not from like the VMware you know, cloud um, you know, URL, but you actually deploy it from the Azure portal. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like uh, sort of like that analogy of a car dealership with different, uh, uh, you know, different, um, they may be an all uh, Subaru shop or an old Honda shop or whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a slightly different model in that, in that sense. And so, you know, the way they implement it's slightly different. Uh, so, you know, they use typical enterprise code. They don't use what's called cloud train, like what we use in VMC. Um, which I think adds some advantages to their offering sometimes uh, and some disadvantages. But at the end of the day, uh, the most important point is it is VMware-based tools for VMware-based customers. And so while there's some small caveats in how it's implemented, at the end of the day, you're in vCenter, you're deploying virtual machines through that, and you're using HDX for migrations and other VMware tool sets. So it still has got the core value proposition, but there's all these little things that you have to make sure that uh, you get used to when it's in a different cloud provider. A question on the... um... The piece where you mentioned, you know, Microsoft shops uh, makes complete sense where someone with pre-existing Azure services, um, do you find customers maybe that don't have that or um, what other reasons might customers move to an AVS solution? It makes sense also on the, the piece where, you know, they're already used to vSphere tools and that sort of yeah. stuff, but um Kind of what, why would a customer move into AVS if they didn't already have a Microsoft stuff through Azure? Or do you see that often? Yeah, um, and this this is you know goes back to the analogy that uh, Britton was mentioning. Um, you know, we obviously have products in every cloud, uh, and one difference with Microsoft and people you know may or may not like this depending on what side of the fence you're on is the financial incentive for their licensing so they have the hybrid cloud benefit where you can bring your licensing into microsoft cuz guess what there's a lot of microsoft licensing out there and that is a huge financial incentives uh, or incentive for microsoft microsoft based customers um, so that is another huge reason people move um, outside of the typical, I'm an Azure shop already. I have VMware on-prem. Um, that is probably uh, another massive, massive reason. Cool. Yeah, I've always, I've always heard it put it this way, basically where those, those uh, virtual workloads that are Windows based that are on a version of Windows that's about to lose support. If mm-hmm. you if you move it into this, magically Microsoft supports it again. Is kind of always yeah. what what I've heard. Yeah, they get extended. They call them extended or ESUs, uh, extended security updates. So I'm a little hazy on where we're at with 2008. I think that even ESUs are about to expire, but 2012 is coming up. Right, so mm. customers that are behind, uh, and I work, I work in Sled is my specific vertical. So trust me, a lot of customers are behind. Um, it's probably look at that as a benefit. There's right? probably still a lot uh, of 2003 servers in there. Then I yeah, <laughs> I can neither con- I can neither confirm or deny because <laughs> I also I cover. So we're a small group, so I cover Sled in federal. So the amount of technical debt is huge that I see, which. Uh, Honestly, every organization struggles with this. Isn't just a sled thing. This isn't yeah. just an enterprise thing. But it is, you know, a sled. So um, there tends to be a little bit more of that. I think I just got off a call this week about uh, a vSphere six O. Obviously, I'm not mentioning any names, but uh, they're on vSphere six O, 
And we barely support that with HCX because we have 4.3.3 about to expire in right. March. And so, um, you know, it's like, guys, got to move, got to move. And it's, you know, this is hard. HCX, outside of the things that I have in my blog, one of the hardest things is understanding application dependency mappings. And this is for almost any cloud migration. Um, VMware makes it easy, um, easier, I'll say, but, you know, cloud is, is still hard. It's still hard for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, like I don't don't feel too bad because I actually I had a meeting with a customer this week and they're just like, oh, yeah, we still got some servers running exclusively DOS. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know what? It's actually probably not a terrible thing because at some point you're going to run into some security by obscurity where it's going to be such old technology. Nobody's going to really care about or know no, uh, how, yeah. how to hack it. <laughs> So you know, I'm in, like, but I don't know what to do here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a car with a five speed manual transmission. No, no kids these days know how to drive those things. They can't drive so, it off. It's yeah. the best form so, of security. So, so it's amazing. a built in, built in security system, you know, having a manual transmission <laughs> in your car. But yep. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I came from background in federal space. So, um, uh, I can, what you said resonates. <laughs> yeah. So. I've, and I'm new to federal space. So I, I ask what seems like dumb questions because I've been burned before. <laughs> like, do you actually have a V center is a one that I've come to learn to ask. Cause there are, there's a lot of test dev yeah. stuff out that just lo- is on Lonius XI. Um, yep. So yeah. Yeah, named those, after planets. Yeah, those <laughs> usually uh, th- those those, fr- those those old freeware licenses VSXI got some long life out of them on some places. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and like I think one of the worst like old platforms systems that I personally ran across, aside from the DOS one, but there was somebody I was doing consulting work for back in the day a few years ago where they had this pre me at VMware. Um, they were still running an active production Windows 2000 DNS server. So the only thing the thing was doing was DNS services. And I'm like, that's got to be one of the simplest things to like evacuate and move over to a modern, you know, Windows DNS system. Just it's just a few changes in AD and in your in your system. Like, why aren't you just moving off of this thing and killing it? <laughs> like, but no, they're like, oh no, this is critical. We have to leave this thing running. Like. All right. Well, I mean, part of the family. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's the way we've always done it. Well, this yeah. is the way. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. Un- uh, at some point, I, I would, I would, I want to. Uh, this is, I've thought of, I, I, as I am a serial podcaster and attempting to try to do this as many, as many ways as possible, I've often thought about there's got to be a way that somebody can come up with a tech centered podcast all about technical debt. And use mm. the and use the Dave Ramsey baby steps pay pay off your debt method <laughs> towards paying off your technical debts. And I'm like, hmm, there might be something to this because you know Dave Ramsey's made a whole career out of saying the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah. We just have to come up with that formula for tech debt. Yeah, that's very yeah. interesting. Uh, I uh, we should talk more about that too. <laughs> <laughs> everyone uh, has everyone has technical debt. If if you worked in IT for longer than a, oh, a yeah. year, probably and or, or, um, yeah, a few weeks. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty relatable. Yeah, that's that's really clever, actually. 
it's super like relatable. That. Think about like even stuff in your own home. Like I'm a tech nerd and I'm oh. thinking, man, my NAS is probably reaching five or six years old. And I haven't updated that, that, uh, firmware or the, and the, uh, the OS in some time. And it holds all my pictures. And trust me, if I lose that, the CEO of my house, my wife mm, yeah. will fire me. I will yeah. be fired. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I think we can all relate with the tech debt. So like if customers listen to this, like we, we talk about it and I know sometimes it comes across like wagging our finger. We know it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. No, this is why I have two NASAs in my house. <laughs> <laughs> one older and one slightly newer. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, and you also got to get one in a different location too. Yeah. Well, uh, th- case. thankfully I do have those, some of those free Azure credits that they give away to people. And so Ooh, there you go. So I've got a, the important photos are syncing, syncing up to the Azure and Azure blob. So yeah, that's know, what I got for yeah. Amazon. I've got the prime account. So I send them to the, the free amount for Amazon. So it's, yep. it's, it's funny though. It's just like, yeah, I mean, everybody's got stuff somewhere. I mean, yeah, I probably have like four or five old cell phones sitting around the house. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, um, you know, massive, you know, just wealth of old stuff that you don't know what to do with anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so I, I'm trying to think of Andy, is there other, any other questions you could think of in terms of HDX and AVS, how it might differ or things from other services? Yeah. Well, so I'm always kind of keen to understand the deployment method of it, um, of the service of kind of anything really, but, um, I know how it's done in VMC on AWS um, mm-hmm. as far as deploying out eight, uh, or HCX. Can you kind of just from a high level walk through what uh, a user would, would need to do in order to get up and running as far as just the base cloud side to start actually getting to the point to migrate? Yeah, I'll focus just on uh, AVS because I never covered the VMC product and while I know about some about it, um, what 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 is really different at its core is a factor using a different cloud providers networking, right? Okay. So, um, you know, whether you're using an express route or VPN, we do support both. We historically have not supported just going over the internet, even though HCX, uh, you know, does encrypt, we had no way to actually provide a public IP or NAT a public IP on AVS itself for public IP stuff. We had to go through like an Azure VNet, right. To, to do that. Uh, but we do have that now. We can actually do a public IP all the way down to the NSXT uh, gateways. Um, so all that is possible. Uh, most commonly, customers are using Express Route, and so the biggest differences is Express Route and how it works versus like Direct Connect, right? Um, there's a couple of key things about how Express Route flows, and sometimes depending on customers' hub-spoke architectures. They may need to use a technology called Azure Route Server to exchange routes uh, within their HubSpoke design. Um, one thing I'll recommend for anyone that's interested in AVS or interested to learn more about AVS is Microsoft's docs on AVS uh, are really good. So like a lot of people will automatically go to VMware for our docs and our docs are good, I'm not here to critique them, uh, but Microsoft actually has all their docs on GitHub. And so they're sort of like crowdsourced with information. There's some really good easy to understand for admin stuff in there. So if you just Google search Azure VMware solution, uh, Microsoft and find Microsoft docs, there's some good links around uh, all the different network topologies you can do, what, uh, you know, what firewalls are typically supported either in AVS or out in the, the, the VNets. 
um, some really good content there. So, you know, TLDR, um, you know, mostly everything is just different from what Azure networking is like, right? So Express Route, you know, the VNets and and how they do. um, One of the biggest things I've heard about Azure, and I don't know if this is 100% true, uh, is the fact that they, um, uh, the way they exchange routes is different. So uh, sometimes you have to inject this tool called Azure Route Server to make sure that those exchange uh, routes properly. So yeah, what I heard was the HTX side of things is pretty consistently deployed um, as you would. Um, networking is the big takeaway is is something to yeah. just, if you understand that networking side of um, AVS, then should be pretty straightforward and it's documented well. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. HCX is HCX. It just needs to be able to have those basic, you know, the 443 connections, connections for uh, the site pairing, the UDP 4500 connections for the IX and the INEs. Um, so the biggest thing that takes, uh, you know, additional time is just making sure that customers have their, I'm just going to call it generically that WAN connectivity to Azure set up properly. You're Good. up. Your comment on the documentation jogged my memory a little bit in a site that somebody told me a long time ago called the avs.ms. Um, it does have some dated stuff on it now that I'm looking at it, but it's there are some links out to yeah, like the actual um, documentation, documentation site. site and things like that. Yeah. So just a, as if, if you're looking for sort of a quick hit place to get some documentation, the uh, avs.ms site does work but it does it does need some work if anybody from microsoft yeah, does learn.microsoft.com yeah. uh you know azure slash azure dot dash vmware or even go to github it's on get like you could go to github go to microsoft docs and you can get to all that through there too and i've um and i encourage other people too to contribute because sometimes the stuff gets out of date i think that's what i love about microsoft docs it is a little concerning that anyone can push uh but they do have like a gate where they review it so um you know for like the frequently asked questions um you know i've updated things there uh update some things around hcx um you know firewall rules things of that example so um definitely a great site i think they've done a great job on the docs all right, let's kind of pivot to your blog entry a little bit here. Is this is this the first blog entry you've done specifically on HCX? It is, yeah. Um, as much as, because I've been doing the job over a year, it's surprisingly uh, the first one I've actually done. Okay. Um, and like, I've, I've, like I have, I'm not, I'm not, you know, no, that's no shame against anybody because I've, I've tried to blog stuff for many years and I just, you know, if this is why I podcast stuff is because I can't, dedicate myself the time to actually sit down and write something, put it yeah. together with graphics, make it easy to read, actually look at it from a reader's perspective and do all the revisions. Like for me, it's just easier to just talk to somebody for an hour and then edit that a tiny bit, edit it as little as possible is my, is my goal and then post it mm-hmm. out there. It's like, the, the, so this is my lazy version of blogging, but <laughs> like, like realistically, like, you know, I think, you know, folks like yourself who publish these, these, you know, IT centered blogs were around very specific topics or really a lot of what keeps customers going. I mean, I don't know how many times I run across customers who are like, oh, I found this blog and it was really helpful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so what kind of drove you to, to talk through specifically, you know, this one particular issue of internal firewall troubleshooting? Yeah. So um, having done this job now for about, 
uh, I mean, there's a pre-sales engineering role for 10 years. You know, I'm in my mid thirties. I think the one thing I love in blogs is give me the experience of how you got to a resolution, right? Like how did you solve a problem? Cause I think at the end of the day, that's what drives us to this role and people in it at an admin level, uh, are also driven to this job is like, you want to solve problems. And right. uh, some, you know, um, just like YouTube shows us how we can do things and put puzzle pieces together. Um, blogs are really that, uh, that medium uh, for uh, our industry, especially in virtualization and, and IT in general. And um, I love like, so PG um, uh, Prasad is his name. He actually moved on recently from VMware. He was an early AVS guy he would share these experiences. And if I went and just searched like an error, I'd pull up that. Um, and I just wanted to get across the story because, you know, sometimes it's not the answer, it's the journey. Like what, how did yep. you get there? What yep. tools are at your disposal? How, and the people in our internal HCX Slack group probably roll their eyes at me. Cause I ask this question all the time. I have this problem. What tools are at my disposal? What, what, how can I get to a resolution? And sometimes you know, people assume you know things. Like, uh, for example, <clears throat> and I'm mostly a storage background. That's where I came from. I actually joined VMware in 2017, had a quick hiatus. But when I was at VMware the first time, uh, I was a vSAN guy. Uh, and I've been in the storage industry for a very long time. So assuming that I know networking tools, like TCP dump is a wrong assumption. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't, I've never used TCP dump. And, um, and, you know, in my uh, article that you read, uh, that got us to a point to understand, are you doing what we expect you to do? If you are, then there's a, something is blocking you. Um, and so, you know, again, just to kind of get back to, you know, the core, the crux of your question, the journey is so important. And that's why I wanted to do with a, a series I just started called Campfire Stories. Um, I was going to call it War Stories, but I thought that was a little bit too violent. So I went with Campfire <laughs> Stories, right? Go, you know, everyone gather around the campfire and tell the spooky story. Get your, if yeah. you could visualize getting, um, get your light out and put it under your chin, right? And it's scary. There was this one time I went to go install HCX <laughs> and it would not work. <laughs> I could not figure it out. I knew it was the firewall, but the firewall team said, go pound sand. <laughs> and I brought it back. So um, the journey has uh, always been interesting to me. And that's why I wanted to blog about the journey less than just, hey, if you have this error, it's probably this. Yeah, that's good. I think finding finding how you got to something is... Uh, Equally as important because I think if if uh, I've I've come across plenty of blogs that don't do that I think and then you it, it wasn't actually I had the same error but it didn't actually align with the solution that they found it was yeah uh, maybe slightly different so um, yeah that's that's cool that's why I also think TCP teachers. dump is uh, sorry go ahead uh, uh, no go ahead finish your thought. I was just going to say, I think TCP dump is a very um, under, uh, underrated uh, tool uh, in today's world. I, I think it, it's, yeah. it kind of uncovers what is uh, really happening on the wire. And um, especially to your point of, you know, say different teams wanting to say it or point the finger, uh, uh, 
TCP dump's going to tell you exactly what's happening and 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 on what port and et cetera. So, um, yeah, that's it's really good stuff. Yeah, I don't. You know, I never worked in like a front end developer UI type of um, setup, but uh, it's surprising to me that they don't offer more. Uh, I mean, you could be overloaded with information, but they don't say what they're trying to do. They just have these bars that turn and turn and turn. You have no idea what they're trying to do, right? And TCP dump is that way to say, confirm it is trying to replicate. Like, and that was uh, in the you know in this specific circumstance, um, we would sit there on a bulk migration and it would sit at zero percent with like no errors and like unless we canceled it, it would just sit there for days. Um, so, you know, we had to prove it's trying to do what it's being asked to do uh, because the networking teams, like, you got to give me source destination. I looked at source destination. I don't see anything. And then we had to get down to like, well, it is trying to send this data. And then we start, you know, uh, following the, the, the crumbs from there. And that's all right. I think, you know, over time, the, the, the UI piece inside of HTX has gotten a lot better in providing that kind of user feedback of, you know, what's happening and when and where, you know, mm-hmm. in her early versions, it was not that clear that, you know, there is actually something happening. You know, you have to kind of click and open, drop down, open the right drop downs and get the right thing. And then all of a sudden, oh, there it is. And you can see there's actually something happening. But now, yeah. so now, now we've gotten a lot better about providing not only just activity that's happening, but estimation of completion and all these kinds of, you know, uh, statistics and, and things that are calculating traffic on the network and all this kind of stuff that helps give you that feedback as to where you're at in the process. So, yeah. but to, to that point, it's just you know, when, yeah, you're, when you're do, trying to do something and you're at that 0% and nothing's happening. And I've, I've run into this on customer POCs of HDX two, where you just, you get, you get it stood up, everything's right. And you hit go and nothing happens. And, yeah. and it's this particular problem that is pretty much always the case. And that, you know, just to make sure I'm clear, like the UI not showing progress is a UIs across the board. There's always certain, certain right. circumstances where they just, um, you know, don't build it into UIs and you need to find out otherwise. That's why we have SSH access and can drop into shells and things of that nature, because that's just the way IT rolls. So Gabe, it's not, if Gabe, if you're listening, <laughs> it's not HCX I'm referring to, it's UIs in general. But with that said, you know, the the challenge HCX has uh, is that VMware can be configured in so many ways. We already kind of talked about this at the beginning. I could have some small uh, department in federal uh, that just uses ESXi free, free ESXi, no vCenter, no nothing, single virtual switch, done. I mean, HDX doesn't even work with that. You need a vCenter, but you get my point. All the way up to the, the customer will have a vSphere replication network, and they have a management network, and they have a vMotion network, and they have a um, you know vSphere replication NFC network, and they have maybe a storage network on top of it. Um, oh, and by the way, they, you know, um, they don't route their vMotion traffic, which is a best practice. Like it, you get my point. It can go all the way from next to nothing to a very complex deployment. And uh, HDX ha- has really built a great tool to be flexible to all those needs. So nine times out of 10, when we have a problem, it's because we just don't know enough about you, you, know, you as a customer, your environment, 
of how you have vSphere set up. And that's understandable because you know, a lot of times we set these things up five years ago. We haven't touched them since. Oh, let me go. You know, is my vMotion routable? I don't even remember. Let me go check. Oh, there's no gateway configured. Okay, it's not routable, right? So um, HDX does a great job of being a very dynamic tool to uh, be moldable to much into any vSphere net, um, implementation, but it adds complexity uh, to the deployment, the more complex your environment is, which is why these stories matter to help troubleshoot them. Right. Well, and, and to that end, I mean, this is why VMware came up with the Cloud Foundation as a thing, because we mm-hmm. wanted to try to reduce the un- amount of customers that are doing these kind of snowflake deployments. And, and that's kind of a, you know bad word in some cases because no customer wants to be thought of as a snowflake you know right. they, they all want to feel like they're using some some semblance of industry standards and best practices mm-hmm. whatever that means and you know <laughs> all of these kinds of things but this is you know andy this is where you tell the the the, the, the you know sing the praises of vcf <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's certainly part of why it's uh um Valuable for a lot of customers is just the standardization piece. Um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, so getting into this, you know, conversation a little bit further on the blog here. So like, you know, there's like I so many times, like whenever I'm working through stuff, like, you know, I'm, I'm enough of a non command line tech head that I just almost resist trying to get down that far. Like I try to find other ways to do things, but it's just, it always, it's always, it always is, is funny to me how as technology and as software advances, the more we just go back to the warm and fuzzy and comfortable things in, 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 in the world. <laughs> like we started on command lines and guess what? We're still doing stuff on command lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, I just find that just ironic a little bit, but, but realistically when you're trying to do certain types of advanced troubleshooting, it, it really is the best way to kind of get to the bottom of something as quickly as possible. So like yeah. you, you've got an example on here of just dropping into, you know, SSHing into, you know, the HDX connecting appliance and just, you know, p- pulling out, you know, a quick list of what's going on and getting you kind of that, you know, a, another, another view on the state of things that is, is, you know, that's, that's a really quick, easy kind of troubleshooting step to get one step further down the rabbit trail of what's potentially going wrong. Yeah. And it's unique with the HCX. Like you think you could just SSH into the IX appliance. You actually have to go, you know, if you're going to drop into a shell and do these commands, you have to go to the HCX connector or manager, and then you list it and you drop down to the IX because they need to secure the IX and the NE. That's how they do that. Um, so, you know, it's unique. And this is why I thought of, you know, turning this blog post into a video of just how you get into that, because it's not clear unless you look at docs um, really closely. I've been, you know, shameless blog or uh, <laughs> um, uh, I have a, a AVS uh, how to uh, YouTube page. Um, so I really like doing these kind of short snippets because you know, four minutes of showing how something's done, you can always go rewatch it. And I'm a huge consumer of the short uh, YouTube videos just for things like how to do stuff around the house and things of that nature. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, you know, it's not simple how to get into the HCX uh, um, command, you know, command prompts. Um, and so that's one of the things that we, that I talked about in my blog. 
Yeah. And I think that's great because like I'm, I'm notorious for like every time that I go to deploy something in my, my VMware lab, you know, I, I somewhat purposefully don't read the manual first. Like (laughs) I'm always just like, you know, okay. Like my my trust is in the product team to make this as easy to consume as possible. I'm just going to go with what I know for working on this for the last almost 30 years and I'm just going to see what happens. And nine, nine times out of 10, I'll, you know, have to do it nine or 10 times, but in the end I'll get there. And like, yeah, if I had actually read something, you know, I probably would have got there a little bit faster potentially, but usually I've, I've, I find that, you know, yeah, finding a blog like this that kind of lists out the step-by-step of the major requirements, that's, you know, really helpful um, versus going through the entire, you know, 16 page or, or 160 page document of how to actually do something. But yeah, you know. screenshots are helpful too. I mean, yeah. you know, again, do you give credit to, you know, uh, you know, people here at uh, VMware, Tom was the one that suggested doing TCP dump and how to do that command. And while I knew how to get in, it's kind of like back to the, the DOS comment from a security perspective, I'm in great. What do I do? And <laughs> You know, Tom was like, this is what it looks like when it's working. And I was like, that's helpful. Um, mm-hmm. Let's do that command. Oh, port 31031 has nothing being sent, right? Like something is up. That means it's like not authenticating or not even getting to the replication portion of it. Uh, and so, <clears throat> you know, we uh, started talking through, you know, what's going on. Let's look at the firewall. And we found out, you know, there were denies happening uh, to the vSphere replication network. And that just, that alone was like, wait, you have a vSphere replication network? <laughs> like, uh, we should probably make a network profile for that so we can reach out to that. Um, and again, you know, v, uh, vSphere replication networks actually being deployed. Um, you know, I've, I don't run into them that often. They do exist, but a lot of people just use the management interface, the right, right. default management interface for that replication. And so, again, to the point of, it can be a very complex VMware deployment. And if it is, that typically means, you know, more information to plug in HCX. So it actually knows how to communicate with those networks. All right. So let's kind of bring this to somewhat of a close here. So what are some of the last pieces of, of running through this troubleshooting process that, that somebody needs to hit as they're trying to go through this firewall troubleshooting method? Yeah, I think, you know, at the end of the day, if you follow the docs and, um, and you know, what if I don't want to do that? though? <laughs> yeah. If you if you follow the like Microsoft has a, a good section around what what ports are typically required. And even that is not an exhaustive list, because, again, things could be set up so differently in so many different environments that you could be missing it. But if you have those like the the whole the the good news is, is if you just follow the information and you, you can consume it and understand it, you never have to drop into a shell. But should you need to drop into a shell uh, using TCP dump and, um, and looking and understanding at the log uh, structure of HCX will help you understand you know, what you may be missing. Uh, TCP dump is what I recommend the most for obviously firewall uh, issues. Um, 
You know, the, this one, uh, the reason why TCP dump was so important uh, was they did have an internal firewall, which again is not super common. Like, I mean, customers that have NSX definitely understand this concept because you'll use the distributed firewall, but most people just do the perimeter defense, right? And so usually ports are just open, but if ports are locked down within your vSphere environment, you, you know, you need to open up those ports and protocols. And there's a lot of them for HCX to talk to. Um, you know, more than uh, we have time for today. There's plenty, um, uh, the, the best one's Gabe's uh, visual representation of the ports and protocols that I mentioned in, in, the, uh, in the blog. Yeah, I do think uh, the internal firewalls and you may, may um, see this as, I think is a more, more common actually in the federal space. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the big state entities. That's where I start running into it more. Yeah, yeah it, it's. I mean, it, it, I think it's quite common on a lot of large enterprises. I mean, I've, I've run across it in healthcare customers. I mean, it's it's one of these things of like anywhere that there needs to be gates between networks, and where there should be gates between networks. You know, that's, that's right. where we see these things, but um, it can be difficult to do. So yeah, and certainly increases the troubleshooting <laughs> for sure. So. All right. spot on. Well, I, I appreciate the time, Matt. Um, what do you have any like a sneak peek of like your next campfire story? What that might be? Uh, I um I had some interesting um uh errors come up on a new service mesh for a college customer that I thought were really helpful. Um, and also just takeaways of uh some quality of life uh improvements I think we could do in the UI, mostly around folder structures. Um so uh, you know, where you put VM folders. So there's some unique errors I saw in that, and that's probably what I'll do on my next series. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's a great, it's a great theme. It's a great topic. I'll plug all your stuff in the notes of the show afterwards, you know, including your YouTube link and all that stuff. So yeah, don't, don't feel bad about sharing any of that stuff here. Um, <laughs> a- Andy, any other questions before we wrap it up here? No, I, uh, thanks Matt. It was, um, it's really good. Interesting talk and, uh, Appreciate you coming on. Next time uh, we meet up, we'll have to turn off the lights and bring our flashlights for the campfire stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because it can it? get pretty scary. I know. I'm sure yeah, everyone, you've yeah. guys been in uh, POCs where there's deadlines. Those are the ones that add a lot of pressure. Yeah. Or, 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 or back in the day when I was a customer and, you know, I had, you know, le- legitimate production down problems. I mean, everybody's mm. got those kind of fire, flood and blood stories where, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the day, the data it's, it's, it's raining in the data center, you know, something like that. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank- uh, had a customer have water in their, in their, uh, servers from rain so yeah it's a uh, it happens yep. <laughs> it does. well again thanks matt for for joining us and uh i'll i'll close this up offline here but then and we'll we'll come at, at everybody again hopefully soon here with some more interesting things to talk about and we'll keep going on i think there's i saw somebody else recently uh, internally published another hdx blog so i'm gonna hit that person up too um so if, if you're thinking about pu- publishing an HCX blog, look out. I'm coming after you. Um, <laughs> and then uh, we'll go from there. But again, Happy New Year, everybody. And it's a little bit late, but, you know, uh, happy, happy post-Groundhog Day. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody later.
Thanks for listening to the HCX Majors Podcast. Thanks to Andy and Matthew for joining us today. If you're enjoying the show, please rate us on your podcast app of choice and please share it so others can find us. Thanks again. We'll be back soon. End of speech.